Are you a small business owner or someone who has a real interest in building your own brand? Then deep dive into the UP Consulting Group's Business Building Bootcamp, the annual convention and training camp for entrepreneurial spirits. Join us this March 5 and 6 to discover how you can unlock your business potential. Based on the Youngblood column of the Philippine Daily Inquirer, this is the Youngblood Podcast. Stories written by the Filipino youth that inform, empower, and inspire. What's up everyone? It's me, Michael Morales, and welcome to a new episode of the Youngblood Podcast. This week's episode is about her life's journey as a premature baby and how brave she faced challenges. I relate to this essay because I was a sickly baby back then and I used to take lots of medicine because of my weak immune system. Anyways, without further ado, here is our founder and producer, Leia Shaw. When I was four years old, my mother told me the story of my birth. If you were there, she said, you would notice the furrow between your brows, suggesting you were trying hard to breathe and stay alive. When I remained unresponsive for two minutes, however, everyone thought that hope was lost. My father completely lost it, my mother was too numb to react, while my grandmother was already calling a priest to administer the last rites. But a miracle happened. As luck would have it, I survived. Born premature, I came out as a 3-pound, 26-week-old, very weak, and sickly infant. My mother delivered me on the 16th of July, even when I was expected to come out in the last week of September. As a result, I was underdeveloped. I had a weak heart, poor lungs, and a diagnosis that I only had a 10% chance of survival. My mother's doctor thought that I would die, after all, two other preterm infants born on the same day at the same hospital did. But you were brave, my mother told me. You held on to dear life. We would both smile. She'd tell me that I was a good fighter, that I was a brave child, and I grew up listening to her stories and believing that I was Hermione Granger, Wonder Woman, and Ultraviolet rolled into one. I admired Mulan and Pocahontas more than Princess Aurora and Snow White, I joined all the competitions that I could, swimming, chess, impromptu speaking contests, and even made competitions of my own simply because I was craving to show my strength and bravery to everyone. And throughout all that, my mother supported and cheered me on, her eldest child. Behind her optimism, however, I knew she was sorry sometimes. She was sorry for the infirmities caused by my unexpected survival. For the things I could never do and for the limits they brought, I have seen it in her eyes when I would have sudden asthma attacks in the middle of the night. I have heard her say it herself when she explained why it was harder for me to master the alphabet, which my younger sister had already mastered at the time. Perhaps this was why my mother told me the story of my birth in the first place. She gave me a story that made me see my condition not as a setback, but as a blessing. She gave me a story to hold on to when I was six, as I battled severe pneumonia and once again fought for dear life, or perhaps when I was frustrated over my first homework, ready to give up. 
I would remember the story and a voice would reassure me saying, You can do this, Leah. I believed in that voice and I would persevere. That voice pushed me to keep working as I spent every summer reviewing in advance so I would not lag behind my full-term counterparts. That voice kept me breathing even when it was hard. I may not remember what I thought of it when I first heard it 14 years ago, but now I know that it is more than a miracle. Over the years, it has unconsciously become my why, my fuel in life. My story instilled in me the conviction that if I was given this chance to live, I must be meant to do something good, both big and small things in life. I still believe that I can be as wickedly smart and gutsy as Hermione Granger, or perhaps as kick-ass and daring as Wonder Woman. But somewhere along, I've also learned to be sweet and demure like Aurora and Snow White. At least, I think I have. I've learned to forget the rat race and my self-imposed competitions and to just appreciate and celebrate the little things in life. A stranger's smile, the air I breathe, breakfast. With my parents' guidance and with my miracle giving me reason to be better each day, I lived my way into who I am now. My story forged me, molded me, and now I know that I would not change it. I embrace that part of me even if it means my having a lifetime of rhinitis, even if it means my being the smallest in our family. I would persevere even when everyone thinks I can't. I would persevere just like I did the day of my birth. I would persevere all throughout my life. It is an ideal that I, an always on the go, five foot tall Filipino idealist, hope to live for and achieve. And it is one that I hope I will bring with me until the day I die. Leia's essay was first published last March 5, 2018. Today, she joins me to talk about her young blood story, how she uses her story to strive for excellence or show strength and bravery to everyone, and her most significant achievement that she is thankful to experience or attain. What's up, everyone? It's me, Michael Morales, and welcome to a new episode of the Youngblood Podcast. The founder and visionary of our ever-growing Youngblood Podcast family joins us today. Hi, Leia. Hi, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, right now, major pressure ako because you are our founder and current CEO. Kumusta naman yung academic life along with running this podcast? Yeah, oh my gosh, thank you for asking. Also, I am pressured too, knowing that you're such a great host and such a great conversationalist. So we're on the same track. <laughs> so don't feel pressured at all. We're on the same boat. Anyway, about my academic life and also running Young Blood along with my other extracurricular activities, I feel like it's okay naman. It's doable. It's, I guess, hard, but I mean, nothing that anyone can't handle with a little bit of schedule in check. This year, especially because I am already progressing into my major and the classes I'm taking are a lot more harder. So yeah, there's the challenge. Whereas 
last year, it's all like, you know, general education. And I feel like you can relate. What was the most challenging part that you have encountered so far sa pag-handle of this organization of the Young Blood? Yeah, I guess more than anything, the hardest part was just the funding. You know, last year, we had a lot of pitch proposals. We had a lot of like 3 a.m., 2 a.m. calls. Because most of the competitions we join, as well as the investors and the mentors we have, are based in the U.S. and Canada. So yung mga 3 p.m. nila sa atin, 3 a.m. dito. So yun talaga yung kinakater namin with the finance team. So specifically, if you're familiar with the Google Accelerator program, we also joined that. And then we talked with someone who won that last year. And I think yun yung parang one to two hours na sa kanila, it was the convenient time. Tapos sa amin dito, specifically with the finance team, it was like an ungodly hour. As well as another time when we joined this competition that was partnered with big companies. It was like 1 to 3 a.m. or Philippine time. So yun yung pinaka-challenging kasi your sleep schedule is wrecked. And if your sleep schedule is in ruins, the rest of it follows. So yeah, those were the toughest times actually. That's why now we're planning to just join competitions and investment rounds na hindi talaga on a weekday, hopefully on weekends, if we can help it. So yeah, that was definitely the challenging part. Speaking about funding at like 1 to 3 a.m., na hindi nagaano gumagana yung utak mo. So for sure, that was very, very tough. Mm-hmm. Or at least you were able to overcome those things. And yeah, <laughs> it's still amazing to continue or pursue things like that. For continuing your advocacy and other matters related to our organization. Before going to your essay, which is the premature baby, since we are talking about some sort of child or childhood memory, I would like to know what is the best childhood memory you can remember that makes you smile every time you remember it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ah. Pwede ba yung kilig? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Grabe, I sound like a simp. But anyway, my best childhood memory was just when I was six or seven years old up until siguro mga 12. Child pa rin naman yun, di ba? <laughs> Parang preteen, but still a child. Wherein I would spend every day of my summer just walking toward our swimming pool. Not in our house, but like in our park. So I lived by a park which was used for the Palarong Pambansa in 2000, which was the year when I was born. So it's called Panad Park, if you guys are familiar. And I go there with my sister. And when I was a bit older, my brother and her in, and we would swim. And I think that's my best childhood memory. Well, I was super carefree. In fact, the reason why I actually started to swim was because of the health conditions I got from my premature birth. So I was asthmatic and so my lungs were pretty weak. So one way that my doctor said would strengthen my lungs was if I got into swimming. So I learned how to swim and I just fell in love with it. And it's my favorite memory of my childhood. Because, you know, araw-araw, you walk toward the pool. Minsan, when my dad's free, they drive us. And then, you know, there's this really great, parang sorbetes, na it's dirty ice cream. You know, hindi na kami kumakain ngayon. But at that time, like, it was my favorite thing. Umagang umaga, it was like 5, 6 a.m. You wake up, tapos, that's almost kind of like your first meal. 
after you do a two to three hour workout na in the pool. So that is definitely my favorite. And more than anything, when I think about it, yun talaga yung nagpapasmile sa akin kasi a lot of who I am now is very much influenced by my first sport, which was swimming. It really built upon my character kasi our, our coaches were like palarong pumbansa, almost part of the Philippine team. So they were very, very tough. Kahit sa mga beginners, I think I was like on my first week, this tinapon ako sa six feet na pool. And yeah, it was very challenging and at the same time fun. Like we had a lot of games. I will never forget, like when we raced, tapos yung natalong team, we go under the winning team. Because there's this really, really cute guy. I don't know if he remembers me, but he was like super fast and he was sort of like my inspiration to be the fastest girl in the team because the fastest girl is paired with the fastest guy. And so yeah, for some reason it happened and like toward the end of my swimming career, <laughs> if you call it that, um, I was paired with him. And so like it just makes me kilig at the same time, like the things you do for like crush or like, you know, kilig. It's just so funny when I think about it, like when I was younger. So yeah, definitely those days. Yeah, that's so cute, no? Right now, are you still able to recreate the swimming thing? Nakakapag-swim ka pa ba ulit right now in these times? Yeah, it's so funny you asked. If I had a pool, which I don't, I would swim every day. Because you know what I love about swimming? And like other sports, even yoga, which I'm doing every day, is that like it's very peaceful. It's just you and the water. You can't hear anything. Hindi ka makakapag music. Hindi mo maririnig yung parang instructions of your tutorial video or like your coach or whatever. It's just you and the water, and that's that's just a different kind of piece. But funny that you ask, because like a few months ago, literally when nag-ease out na yung mga restrictions with regard to COVID, I visited actually Panad Park, and the pool was green, like legit mossy green, because no one was swimming. I feel like sayang talaga because I would have spent every day if they were open, like just swimming there. But for now, wala talaga eh. I think they stopped operations since COVID hit. But hopefully they'll reopen soon. And if they do, I'll do my best to get a lap or two in the 50-meter pool. Okay, so thank you for sharing your wonderful uh, childhood memories. I believe others would relate to it as well. And yeah, going to your essay which is the premature baby, I feel that this story is somehow sensitive, but I feel like it is also something that other people must hear, no? Kasi parang ngayon lang ako nakapagbasa or nakarinig ng ganitong story from a friend and and the struggles that are mentioned in your article, nakaka-inspire siya on some point. Leia is a ludicrously passionate individual who wears many hats. She produces the Youngblood podcast while studying applied math and working with Cindy Palm, former CBS International correspondent and creator of NewsThink. In her other life, she is a computing enthusiast, a public speaker, and a writer. Most passionate about innovation and social impact, finding creative solutions to exceptional problems is her why.
And that's it for today's episode of the Youngblood Podcast. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and check out our other episodes. Feel free to drop in the comment section your suggestions on what we should feature on our next episodes. Follow our official social media accounts on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thank you guys for listening. I am your host, Joshua Onsai. Till next time. Bye!